I know, dear friends, as we gather together today to worship our risen Lord, all of you have struggled. It's been a tough few weeks, and many people look around and they wonder what is going on. We're in a place we've never been before, this generation. We've never gone through this. We don't have a clear answer. But the reality is Jesus has the answer, and he is the answer. We, like those women, walk up to a tomb holding bags of spices, wanting to bury everybody in the sadness of all that is going on. But the reality is, as we prepare to do that, and many of us discuss and talk about the sadness of the day and how we'll never come back from this, the truth is, Jesus wants to take us to a place we've never been before. America has never been sold out to the Lord totally and absolutely, though we were founded on the truths of Scripture and the belief in a risen Lord. And so often we fall away from that. And we, the church, who are supposed to lead people forward, hide. And it is not our responsibility to hide from anything or anyone After the resurrection of our Lord, there was a powerful strength that was put into the the bosom of the disciples. And those men who hid and cursed and swore that they didn't know Him were changed people after the resurrection. They understood when they saw His hands and His feet what had been done for them. And I pray that on this day you will see what He has done for you and you will begin to believe and carry on your Christian life as you should. Why do you look for the living among the dead, the angel said. What a great statement. Because so often that's what people are doing. They're dwelling among the dead. They're living among the dead. They're forgetting about what they have. Dear people, I want to tell you something. If Simon Peter can preach in a prison, we can preach from our homes. If if Paul can be in shackles, and still write the sweet words of encouragement to the churches that he had visited. We can make a difference, a powerful difference. We've not begun to do what God has called us to do. You know, Mary rushed back to the other disciples, and she was so excited, and she said, the angels told me that Jesus is risen, and still some of them doubted. Aren't you so thankful that the disciples and the followers of Jesus didn't have text messaging? The story would have changed five times. They would have gotten confused and and they would have considered and pondered that, but they didn't have that, thank goodness. They had the word of one woman who had seen the reality of what had happened, who had heard the words of the angels, and yet there were... Followers of Jesus stood around wondering. Peter sees the empty tomb and and still goes away wondering. He wanders the hillside thinking and wondering, fighting with himself, wanting to believe. But in a painful way remembering his own rejection. It finally became a part of his heart when he was willing to confess and realize that he had failed. Exactly what Jesus said he would do, he did. Simon Peter always felt that he was strong. 
He always felt that he was above everyone else, that somehow he would be closer to Jesus than everyone, yet he failed him as much as any other disciple except for Judas. Be careful what you boast about in your faith. Be careful how you frame it. Because the story of the resurrection has been passed on from generations now for over 2,000 years. And yet there are still people who are indifferent and apathetic who deny and walk away when they should stand strong. God expects us to do that. I read a letter some years ago that was, was humorous and in an accidental way. I think the federal government admitted that they understand what we're celebrating today. They sent a letter to a man and they said, said Dear Mr. Thompson, your food stamps will be stopped effective immediately because we have received notice that you have died. You may reapply if there's a change in your circumstances. Now think about that. As someone put it when they read that, they said, you know, maybe that letter should have been addressed to Jesus. The reality is we don't believe many times. If we believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, why do we fear anything? What are we afraid of? Why should we not continue to serve where we can serve? Oh no. I think sometimes we live the way we live because that's the most comfortable way we live. We have the veneer of faith. We use the words of Christianity. We put up plaques and things around our house and, and we always seem to sprinkle everything with Jesus. But in the depths of our lives, does our faith continue on when the storms hit? Do we understand that Jesus is still there? Many people are like Simon Peter. They don't believe wholeheartedly like the woman that came back from the tomb. They wonder. They stand back and they marvel and they think, how could this fit into to what I've imagined to be faith? You must understand that seeing is not believing for everyone. That expression has been around forever. Seeing is believing. We think about Thomas and how he doubted. He could see and then he believed. But for some people, they don't understand that. They want it proved over and over and over and over again. They want God to jump through the hoops that they lay out for Him. They want to be in control. And for that person, seeing will never be believing. You see, John 20, 29 tells us, Jesus said unto them, Thomas, because you've seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and have yet believed. Faith has to go before us, for it undergirds us. Faith has to surround us because it strengthens us. Faith has to be what motivates us. Otherwise, our motivation will die and it will end and it will not be worth having. For many of us, like Simon Peter and, and, and Thomas, we have to see. But once you see, believe and trust and go forward. Don't look back. Don't look away. Don't look around at others. Don't be concerned about what somebody might say. That really doesn't matter. 
Many Christians today are more concerned about how people are speaking about them on Facebook than what God thinks of them. We need to be concerned about God, His love for us, and what He gives us to do. If if you were there that morning, that very morning, standing beside the tomb, what would your reaction have been? What would you have believed? There's some realities we need to admit this morning. The first is this. It's all right to wonder. You can stand there at a point and you can doubt. Because we all have doubts in life. And and our doubts usually come as we look into ourselves and we see our own weakness and our own limitations. The times that, that we had decided that we would do something and we were so incredulously devoted to that that we just... It had to happen, but the next day it didn't happen, and the next day it didn't happen, and the next day it didn't happen, and it it died on the vine. And we continue to wonder. It's a dangerous thing to do to continue to wonder. That is not a, a state or a place you need to be in all your life. Our faith is not a fairy tale. It's a relationship. It's a relationship that is stronger and more permanent than a relationship between two human beings. Christ transcends that. He's beyond that. And we've got to believe that. And we've got to understand the importance of that. We've got to be willing to follow Him the moment He calls. But so many people won't. They stand and they wonder young driver was hesitating when he went out on his first trip, and unfortunately the trip took him onto the interstate, the last place a new driver should go. He came to a complete stop on the freeway ramp, and there he sat. Cars began to back up behind him as he had many hostages that couldn't get around him. Finally, one very frustrated man stuck his head out the window and yelled, The sign says to yield, but not to give up. And that's what a lot of people do. They don't yield and think they give up. It's okay to hesitate, but not to make that a way of life. And many people over the years that I've talked with would say, well, you know, I remember once when I was on fire for the Lord and I served Him And invariably, it always ends or stops at a point of testing. Something happens that doesn't go their way. Someone speaks ill of them. Someone questions what they're doing. And they walk away. Is that not what Simon Peter did? All it took were several soldiers standing around a fire of charcoal, warming their hands, And they began to question him. And he ended up cursing and denying that he ever knew Jesus. Let me tell you something, dear friends. If if your faith cannot stand the examination of a few soldiers, you're in trouble. If you can't stand up and stand true to Christ, when they come and they they say, you're the one, go back and reexamine your faith. Simon Peter did. Jesus recommissioned him. 
He didn't let him go that easily. Because we're human, we fail, we make choices that are selfish and self-centered. We can't do that. We can't give up. We must go forward. Secondly, you must move beyond wondering. Simon Peter could have been stuck there the rest of his life. Lord, I believe. Help mine unbelief. What a great statement was made by that person who needed healing in his family. Help my unbelief. Help me to get beyond where I am. I don't know how to do it. I need you more than I've ever needed you. When Jesus appeared to the disciples on the night of the resurrection, it was the same Jesus they had known before the crucifixion. He showed them the nail prints in his hands and the scars on his side. He showed them the marks of crucifixion. Even the risen body carried these proofs. He had the same voice. They recognized that voice when they heard it. The resurrection appears, appearances were not illusions. They were real. Their faith was confirmed. At first they thought they had seen a ghost. Dear people, don't go looking for ghosts. Don't be afraid of something that your eyes create searching for a reality that's not really there. Seek truth. Embed His gospel in your heart. Know that He is there and your fear will not be there. You can speak boldly as Thomas did, my Lord and my God, without falling away, without disbelief. Lastly, I want you to realize that we need to ask ourselves a question today, all of us, everyone here. What will it take for you to believe? You may be here today simply because it's Easter Sunday. You, you may feel that you, you should be a part of, of, of the service or you should be listening to this service today and you're still wondering, did God let us down in, in this, this time of this virus? Where is He? What is He doing? Let me tell you, every confrontation is a testing for God's people. Will we be faithful? Will we stand for what is true? Will we continue our faith and our faithfulness to walk with Him, to talk with Him, to read Scripture, and to share it? These are the greatest days to serve our Christ. Don't be discouraged. Don't look away. Don't run from it. Don't pretend that you've got a vacation from serving Christ. You don't. This is just too important for you to do right now. And God is expecting you to do that. You may be a part of the crowd who says, I remember the things that I learned in Sunday school, but it's not real to me now. I've grown up and I've grown beyond that. Maybe what you need to do is go back to your childlike situation and, and examine things through those eyes. When you are not clouded with selfishness and sin, when you are not overshadowed, by the busyness of the day and the attempts to keep up with whomever you're keeping up with. Maybe you need to go back to that time. I was so blessed a while ago by Leland by singing, Leland, you're, you're amazing. You really are. You're a blessing to us today. And, and I can say in this room of rooms, Leland may contain the greatest faith here. Amen? Because he doesn't question 
who love the Lord. And we've got to be people like that in what we do. You know, one of my favorite people, and I have to confess, I hate to... I, well, I won't end with a story about Methodists, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this before I end. John Wesley was one of the people I love to read about. I have many, many, many books about John Wesley. John Wesley started his movement in South Georgia for a reason. He worked around that, that area where they would literally throw up a brush arbor as a place to meet. John Wesley was a man of God. He was the best of men. He was so earnest. In fact, he was so methodical about his devotional life with Christ. That's where the phrase Methodist came from. But it was at age 35 at a place called Aldersgate in London that everything changed for him. He said, I suddenly felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt that Christ had died for my sins personally. And that he had saved me from the law of sin and death. Wesley needed to know how God loved him individually. And I think in this time when many of us are, are separated from loved ones and from co-workers and from friends. And we're in our home. We need to stop and consider the relationship with the one person that loves us more than anyone else. Jesus Christ. He has accomplished much on our behalf and without him we are useless what i want to end with right now is is one of the deep theological things that i've had for many many years and i don't know if y'all can see this or not but this is an easter comic strip by johnny hart bc bc was created by johnny hart as a way to communicate truths johnny hart was a great christian and every Easter, for many, many years until his death, he would have B.C., who was the, the main character. He was a one-legged uh, uh, Cro-Magnon man that was living among a lot of people that didn't understand life. But he was a thinker. He was a thinker. And he would sit on Easter, and he would write. And this was 1994, and it's my favorite Johnny Hart poem of all time. Man, man, magnificent man, creates forces that outshine the stars. He can shoot himself up and tap dance on the moon or hurl himself clear out to Mars. He can unleash a force that evaporates steel since he's learned how an atom behaves. Yet he has no recourse but to bow to the force that summons the dead from their graves. I can say amen to B.C. even though he's a comic character that he figured something out that many great intellectuals have never figured out. There are many things we've conquered and overcome in modern times. But there are two things we've never been able to totally figure out. Number one, how Jesus loved us so much that he died for the sins of the world, everyone that ever sinned. And he went into the grave and he came back for us. That we struggle with. And the second thing is this. Because I believe in, in, in my life it seems more and more the problem is not getting people saved, it's getting them lost. And I think that many people struggle with the reality of their own sins because they don't realize they are sinners. 
Dear people, sit still and examine your life without anything electronic around. Read Scripture. I would recommend the first three chapters of John and encounter the living Christ after you've encountered the depths and the depravity of your own sin. And then you will be able to conquer the greatest problems of life. Nothing will frighten you and nothing will take you away for you will realize that you're wrapped in the arms of the one that loves you beyond all others. And I pray that this Easter would be a time that you would celebrate that. Let us pray. Well, Father, I thank you so much that you love us. That mysterious, unbelievable love that we can't comprehend because so often our love is based upon the reciprocal love from another. But your love isn't based upon that, Lord. You love us when we don't love you. You love us when we walk away from you. You love us when we are our most unlovable. And you continue to love us, Lord, because that's what you are. And I pray that we can comprehend the reality of that love right now and that we can ascend to the heights of heaven after we've descended into the depths of reality of our own heart and we can confess and forsake our own sin and embrace you, Lord. May this Easter day be the greatest of days for us to celebrate your love. And may we make a difference in our part of the world Though it be the footprint of our house or apartment, may we understand that from that place we can become a sentinel of truth and a bright and shining light of hope to those round about us. Father, speak to someone this morning that in their heart of hearts they have a need to come and embrace the true and living Christ, to confess their sins, forsake them, and understand that they can be saved even now. And Father, I pray that you would speak to Christians who have lost their vision, who have given up out of fear, and that you would open their eyes and let them see. As Dr. Chittam quoted, 2 Chronicles 7.14, may we understand the truth of that. That's not written to lost folks, that's written to the church, God's people, the believers. We have to be willing to confess and forsake our sins. Then God will touch us and heal our land. And Lord, we know we need healing. Not just from the virus that is creeping around the world, but from the virus of sin and faithlessness. For truly that virus will destroy us totally and absolutely before the coronavirus can ever touch us. God, I pray that you would speak to someone who needs hope and help now and bless them as we sing the first words of this invitation. For I pray this in your holy name, Lord. Amen.